You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Bark and Swagger. I'm your host, Jody Miller-Young. We're on Pet Life Radio. And today, we're going to be talking with Tom Davies of Davies Decor, the designer and manufacturer of this beautiful, sleek pet furniture that looks like period art in a way. But we're going to hear more about Tom's story and learn about his elegant furniture right after this short commercial break. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after a short pause. Wow, your place looks awesome. And that's the coolest cat bed I've ever seen. That's my Googie cat bed. Googie cat bed? Yeah, I got it online at googiecatbed.com. My cat needed a place to sleep, but leaving bags and boxes lying around made my place look messy. I wanted a real piece of furniture, something that fit in with the rest of my house. The Googie Cat Bed is perfect. The style is fun and the construction is rock solid. It's handmade right here in the U.S. Where can I get one? Just go to googiecatbed.com. That's G-O-O-G-I-E catbed.com. Cool. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Jody Miller Young, and today we're talking with Tom Davies of Davies Decor, who designs this beautiful and manufactures this beautiful pet furniture that's very elegant. Welcome, Tom. Thank you so much, Jody. I'm thrilled to be on the show. I told you that I've been listening to Bark and Swagger, and I hadn't realized that I sort of do connect with the whole pet fashion world, even though I'm not involved with the clothing and the, the jewelry that you've been covering in past episodes. <laughs> but my uh, concern with the aesthetics of the pet world does sort of connect with that. So I'm just we're thrilled to be talking to you today. Well, I'm really glad that we're talking with you too. I'm excited, you know, for our listeners to learn more about what you do. But I'm going to jump right in here with something that I read in your, I think, bio that I thought was really interesting. It said that being embarrassed to have people over was the impetus to starting Davies Decor. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that it seemed like myself and a lot of my peers and my friends suffered from a similar affliction, which was, you know, we kind of, we graduated from college and we didn't have a whole lot of money. And so we kind of cobbled together what, whatever furnishings we could from, you know, sources like our parents. You know, we got furniture that they didn't necessarily want anymore. Or we would go to thrift stores and, you know, get a piece here and a piece here. And, you know, it's all very charming and nice, but at a certain point, you sort of want to go to that next level where you're really sort of decorating your home in a way that really reflects your tastes and what you really want to surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. And so 
some people sort of caught on to that earlier than others. And so you sort of had a situation where sometimes you'd go to people's <laughs> houses and yeah, they would feel embarrassed about having you over because they felt like their, their place wasn't sort of up to snuff or something. Right. And, right. um, you know, I, I sort of, I think at some point found myself feeling that way to a certain degree. And my solution wasn't to go out and spend a ton of money on fancy stuff. Because I had a background in art, I sort of gravitated more toward, I'm going to make something, you know, that I designed myself, that because it is something that I designed myself, it can't help but reflect my own taste. And so that sort of got me into building some furniture and some art stuff for around the house. And eventually what started to happen is that people would come over and they'd say, wow, this stuff is great. Where'd you get it? You know, and I would say, well, I didn't get it anywhere. I made it myself. And that's when people started to say, well, you should be selling this stuff. That's great. And so, so a little light went off in my head, and, and uh, that's when I started DaviesDecor.com. What a great story. What was the very first piece of furniture that you made for your place? <laughs> the, ve- <laughs> the very first piece, I see, that's a good question. Well, the very first piece was, actually wasn't something that I made. It was something that I literally found on the side of the road here in Los Angeles. It was this very cool sort of side table that obviously had just been left outside by somebody. Mm -hmm. And so the weather had just really kind of destroyed it. But I could see that, you know, the the sort of bones of the the piece were still there. So I took it on, I put it in my trunk (laughs) and I drove home and uh, kind of refinished it and made it look brand new. And so that was the first time that I put my own efforts into creating something for our home. And it did look like a really cool piece. And so people were, people were noticing it immediately. After that, I started to make certain art pieces using different materials that um, I collected from various sources here in L.A. It's a long story, but there were some architects that were closing their offices. And so they had a lot of things in their offices like samples from manufacturers, things like little pieces of wood that had samples of stain on them. So there were all these little pieces of wood that were different colors. And so I would take those and create different mosaics and things like that. That is so cool, Tom. And it must feel so good to see a finished piece in your home that you know you're not going to see anywhere else, that you've done yourself, designed and made yourself. I mean, that's a great feeling. It is. It is very gratifying. One of my favorite of genres of design is mid-century modernism. And, well, yeah, um, we're gonna, definitely going to get into that when we talk about the pet furniture. And I totally want to mm-hmm. talk about the pet furniture. But I want listeners to also know that, you know, you do come from an art background. In your sort of previous career, you were a web designer and an art director in corporate America, and you're actually a trained artist. So, you know, when you say that you listen to Bark and Swagger and you can relate to the pet fashion aesthetic, I mean, that's why you are an artist. So, yeah, coming to creating this furniture is sort of a natural thing for you. Yeah, well, the art aspect of what I've done has sort of weaved its way through my different career paths. You know, I got into web design and web development more because I was interested in the creative aspects of it. Yeah, I originally went to art school because computer graphics were a new thing back then. And, you know, the Internet was just starting to, to take off at that point. And so once I got out of school, it was sort of natural that I would go into into that field. And so, you know, I started like a lot of young people back then doing just web production, doing things like making things like making graphics for websites, small jobs, building websites. 
And uh, eventually I got a job on staff at a, at a publishing company in Boston and eventually became web designer. And, you know, 15 years later, I found myself as, you know, an art director in Los Angeles at a in a marketing department in this big company. And I was like, wow, that's what I'm doing now. I mean, this corporate life that I never really thought I was going to be, be a part right, of. Right, right. And then eventually what happened is, you know, obviously the economy crashed and along with it went my job. And that's when I found myself with lots of time to devote my interest in art to other things like DaviesDecor.com. Yeah, there are so many people who, when the crash happened in the immediate, it was obviously traumatic, but it seemed to free people up and create space for them to follow their passion and end up doing something that they really love that they can be successful at because it it does come from their passion. So that's really a nice thing. And you have actually a great story about how you got into pet furniture when you and your wife, Cindy, moved to Los Angeles and how and why this move to LA inspired this first piece. And I'd love to hear that. Well, uh, yeah, as I said, you know, our interest, my interest and my wife's interest is, is very much in mid-century modern design. And one of the reasons that we moved to Los Angeles is because I think it's the greatest concentration of that certain, that particular type of architecture anywhere in the country, probably the world, I'm not sure. But there's a lot more of it here than there was in Boston, which is where we're coming from. And so, yeah, we came here and when I was laid off, it just so happened that shortly after that, my wife came home with a cat. <laughs> we, hadn't really, we, we hadn't really planned on it, but it was just, it's kind of sad, but there, there was a, uh, a litter of cats that had somebody had left in the parking garage in oh. of her building in downtown LA. And so um, people were nice and they, they picked up the kittens and they went to various places and and uh, one of them ended up with us. And uh, <laughs> this particular cat, his name is Doug. Yeah. He is a uh, Turkish van breed. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that no, breed. No, I'm they not. Are, what, do, what do they look they like? Are, well, they're interesting. They almost all have the same color. And they're almost all white with a very beautiful sort of tan tail. And then they usually have a tan spot somewhere on their head. And a lot of times they have a like one single tan spot on their back, which is kind of weird. <laughs> um, and then, but you know, there's all these weird things about this particular cat, this particular breed. They often have odd colored eyes, so you'll often see one with, with one blue eye and one green eye. That would right. Be like that. Yeah. They love water. They love to like get in the water. And he, when he was a kid, he used to get in the shower with us. <laughs> Wow, most cats weird. would, you know, run for the hills when you turn on the shower. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but not, not these These cats will actually swim. You can see videos of them online. But the thing about them is that they're super curious and super energetic, and so they demand a lot of attention. And so that's the cat that we have. And so he is always trying to get into things. He's, you know, like a lot of cats, he's always trying to get into small spaces. He's always you know, trying to climb into boxes and climb into bags. And so every time we would come home from the grocery store, he would be waiting for us to put that bag on the floor so he could climb inside. <laughs> or if the, if the UPS guy came with a box, he was waiting for us to get everything out of that box so he could get inside. So we ended up leaving bags and boxes all over the house. And it got a little a little frustrating to be someone that, like me who puts a lot of effort into creating the space that we live in to have it cluttered up with all these boxes and bags. You know, we wanted him to be happy, but at the same time, it was like, can't we find something better than this? So to answer your question, that's what led me to design the first 
cat piece that I did, which is the Post and Bean Cat House. Which uh, is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful house. Yeah. Thank you. It's a, it's a fairly good size, and it's based on the Post and Bean style of architecture, which is, I guess you consider it part of mid-century architecture. But as the name suggests, it's sort of based on the construction of posts and beams. And uh, the design that I came up with uses all wood and some exotic veneers and, you know, lots of dark stained wood. So the point was that it, it looks more like a piece of furniture. It is a piece of furniture. So it's something that the cat will like, but it's also something that we like because it kind of fits in with the rest of our stuff in the house. Yeah, and I mean, beyond looking like a piece of furniture, which some dog and cat houses now are made to look like, it looks like a piece of art. It's very elegant, and you even, and it's practical too, because you even included that scratching panel on the roof in the back of the roof, right? For the cat to scratch. Right. And that you have a great circular window for the the cat to look at. It's just, it's beautiful. My husband said that, you know, he wouldn't mind living in a house like that. He loves wood houses. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, it would have to be a little bigger for my husband, but. (laughs) That's funny. My my mother said the same thing. She wants me to build like a life-size version of it for her. (laughs) Exactly. And listeners can see what this beautiful post and beam house looks like on the Bark and Swagger page of Pet Life Radio. I want you to hold that thought because I want to talk to you about another one of your pet pieces and then some of your other pieces that I found really, really interesting too. But we're going to take a short break for a commercial, but I'm going to leave you with this before we go, listeners. Remember the twist, American Bandstand, the coffee shops of the 50s where young people would congregate? Well, we're going to learn about how that era inspired Tom's next pet product when we return. Stay tuned. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back, right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. It's dinner time in America, where more pet parents trust PetSmart for natural and expert recommended foods than any place else. And now, we've added more than 100 new varieties to our already wide selection of your favorite brands, like Simply Nourish, Authority, Wellness, Science Diet, and more. Do what's best for your pet. At PetSmart, happiness in store. Go to PetSmartDeal.com to find out this week's coupon code and save up to 30% on food, treats, toys, and more. And get free shipping on orders of $49. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet 
Welcome back. You're listening to Bark and Swagger on Pet Life Radio. We're talking today with Tom Davies of Davies Decor, the designer and manufacturer of home furnishings, including this beautiful pet furniture, unlike anything you'll see in the shops. Tom, welcome back. Thank you. So I want to talk with you about this very, very cool cat bed that you've designed that looked back to the 50s era design and architecture as its inspiration. Tell us about that. Well, when I made the first piece, the post and bean cat house, like I said, I built that really specifically for our cat and for our situation. It was after that that other people started to see it and say, that thing's great. I would love to have one as well. But the thing is that I didn't design it with sort of manufacturing it on multiple times. I didn't have that in mind. And so it wasn't really designed to be made multiple times. So I really wanted to come up with a design of another cat piece that I could manage a little more easily building and shipping because the cat, the post and beam cat house is, is fairly large. And that's why it's sort of priced the way it is because it's, it's expensive to make and it's expensive to ship. Mm, um, so I wanted to come surprised. up with something. Yeah, I, mean, I wanted to come up with something with simpler so that more people could enjoy the stuff. And so, you know, I started to think about, okay, well, what are some other architectural styles in Los Angeles that I enjoy and that are fun? And obviously, the one that comes to mind is Googie architecture. Now, I don't know. I don't know what Googie architecture is. Okay. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. A lot of people don't. It's a funny (laughs) word and it's funny. (laughs) Googie. G-O-O-G-I-E. Yeah. The thing is that you probably like most other people in that you would recognize it if you saw it. So if you think of like the 1950s diner coffee shop kind of thing, lots of sort of organic shapes and curves, space-age design, boomerang-shaped, amoeba shapes. These things are all sort of standards of Googie architecture. The architecture itself was came about post-war, and the real impetus for it was to attract drivers on the road to stop and come into businesses. So if you think of things like car washes from the 50s, a lot of times They're designed with large pieces of architecture that shoot straight up and they're sort of in a row down the road and it catches your eye and sort of draws you into it. It sort of draws you into the business, into the car I remember. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot, there's still many examples of it. Unfortunately, there are fewer of them every day, but there's so many examples of it here in Los Angeles. You know, there's still a lot of coffee shops here from the 50s and those car washes and buildings and it's a very fun type of architecture. It's the kind of thing that when you see these buildings, you can't help but smile because they're just, they're a little goofy, but it's the same, you know, they don't take themselves too seriously and they're just interesting. And so I figured, you know, that's something that people like. That's something that I like. So I wanted to make another cat product that, that was based on that architecture. So that led me to design this uh, Googie cat bed. And, uh, which people can find online at googiecatbed.com. And, uh, <laughs> and a, it comes in colors. People... It comes in three different colors and pattern combinations too, right? Yeah. I recently added a couple different color combinations. Originally, it was just a red pattern. But, you know, the more I looked into it, the more I found that there are some very cool 50s-ish Formica patterns that are available. And, and so, colors. I was just going to say yeah. that too. And colors. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The so first you're gonna, color you're I gonna do it? red. You're going to add a yeah. couple of others? Yeah. That's cool. That's and, cool. I'm uh, a big fan of the red. The red is really, really, really cool for me. But the others are more muted, and, you know, everybody's home is different. So Right. The, the red is actually the most popular. That's the one that people seem to mostly uh, say that they, they would like. Right. 
so, you know, the other thing about these pieces is that they're all handmade. I've been to some product shows and I talked to the other representatives and I go around and I look at all the products and, you know, I look for anything that is handmade by an actual person, you know, and ideally mm-hmm. handmade here in, in the U.S. And it's harder and harder to find that stuff because most of the stuff is mass produced and most of it is mass produced overseas. Yes. And, you know, I think it obviously from a business perspective, that makes sense. But at the same time, I think you sort of lose something when something isn't made by a real person that you can, you know, talk to and say, oh, I really like this or, oh, you should do this with with your product. And you can Um, tell the difference, I think. You can tell the difference. Plus, I love how, you know, the carpet inside the Googie bed is made of 100% post-consumer recycled bottles. That's right. That's right. I love that. The carpet is made... It's a um, product called EcoFi, and it's produced by a company called Foss Manufacturing in uh, New Hampshire. And, yeah, they take plastic bottles and shred them and melt mm-hmm. them and then produce this fiber, and they make all kinds of different things from it. They make carpeting. They make face masks for uh, respirators and, you know, car interiors. So they, they're really doing a great thing. So I was like, that's exactly what I want to use. It's so nice to know that your product is green in that way. Do you have any plans for any other pet furniture pieces, or are you going to expand on on what you currently have that's selling so well? Well, because the response to the Googie Cat that has been so strong, I'm focusing on that right now, but I'm already thinking of the next architectural style to use, and I'm thinking it's going to be craftsman style, which is, again, something that there's a lot of here in Los Angeles. What is that like? And, What's craftsman well, style like? It's kind of like very sort of, the roof is sort of the main thing about the craftsman homes. They have a very, very low pitch. And so they're very sort of wide. Mm-hmm. And they're a little, I guess you'd say they have fewer right angles than the post and beam cat house, mm-hmm. but not nearly as many curves as the Googie cat house. So maybe sort of in between the two. We're going to have to wait and see, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah, I guess. uh, Well, I'm still sort of noodling it around in my head, so I haven't really come up with the final designs yet. I mean, your designs, because I looked at everything that you do, to me, it speaks pop culture art. The kind of things that you might find, certainly some of the pieces, in a gallery in Soho here in New York or in another major market in their sort of cool art area. And um, so even though this is not specifically pet related, I do want to talk to you about your button mosaics because I think they're fascinating and they're made from these whimsical and unexpected materials. Tell our listeners about what they are and what you offer and the inspiration for them. Well, thank you for saying that because the artwork is original. It predates the cat products. And uh-huh. it's a funny thing when you find yourself out of work, you have lots of time <laughs> to do the things that you, you know, they keep you up at night. And so I had all these art projects that I wanted to do. And these button mosaics were, were really one of them. They're based on sort of the old, outdated computer operating systems. A lot of my terminology, uh, right? Back, the terminology. That's right. So like, you know, dialogue boxes when you have to click on yes. You know, a yes button today looks a lot fancier than it did, you know, really even five years ago, but certainly 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And so, you know, when I would come across images of these old interfaces from the computer, I was like, it was weird. I found myself sort of feeling nostalgic about them. 
which isn't <laughs> something you tend to think of when you think of computers. But I thought, you know, things like this should be sort of memorialized somehow. So that's how I came up with the ideas for these buttons. So, yeah, they're, they're mosaics. They're sort of larger. They're like two by four feet. And um, some of them are made from tiny wood blocks. So there will be like 1,800 small blocks, each one of them representing a computer pixel that, that will make up this entire button that says yes, but it's a you know, three-dimensional thing that you can actually touch and, and uh, it actually exists in real life. It's not just on a computer screen. That and, is uh, wild, yeah. Yeah, so that, you know, those, the wood block mosaics led to some experiments well, I did using other materials like uh, electrical wire and straws and things like that. For the that. submit button, you did the electrical wires made up of all of these little copper wiring you know, pieces, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the one that says submit. That one is actually sold now. Uh, someone, a woman bought it for her son for Christmas last year. It's a great um, gift. And then tell us about the accept button. Because, you know, yeah, in addition to the computer, this sort of outmoded computer terminology, it also is, as you write about on the site, which I think is an important point, too, for people who are listening who are computer geeks, art fans, yeah. especially especially pop culture art fans, and animal lovers, it also speaks to how humans and how we view ourselves and life today and technology and, and humanology and how they, they sort of come together. Yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of times we don't really notice these things. I mean, when you are working at a computer for eight hours a day and you're seeing certain terms and certain commands come up on the screen repeatedly, it makes sense that they are going to sort of affect your psyche after a certain amount of time. And, and a lot of times these words, when you really think about them, they're a little odd. I mean, a word like submit or a word like accept sort of being flashed in front of you several times a day, that's kind of weird. <laughs> and yes. so that's why I chose a lot of those types of words. You know, at first I was sticking with more basic sort of positive things like, okay, you know, the okay button and yes, sort of the yes button. But, you know, then I started to think a little bit more about it. And there's quite a variety of, of terms that you can use, you know, when you really start thinking about what comes up on the computer screen, even more so now, because we're just constantly glued to our screens wherever we go. So, Well, there's so many more icons and so much more terminology. Yeah, it's a little crazy. And the whole concept of dehumanization is, is a whole other interview and conversation, I think. Yeah, it really um, is. I won't go on anymore, but after, <laughs> no, after no, those, no. I just want to say after those buttons, I sort of focused on Facebook because Facebook in particular seemed to be sucking a lot of the life out of people. And so I, I kind of felt like, you know, people will only do things like go outside and, and, you know, look at nature if Facebook tells them to. So then I started to design these, these large scale buttons that were obviously Facebook buttons but would say things like, go outside. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so I showed them at some shows in Los Angeles, and it sort of caught people off guard. They're like, oh, that's Facebook, but why is it saying go outside? That doesn't seem to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> that is really great. You'll find these button mosaic pictures on the Bark and Swagger page of the Pet Life Radio site, too, just so you can see, because they're really, really interesting. The last thing I'll say about it is the accept button is made out of 1,848 black and red coffee stirrers. I mean, how cool is that? Anyway, we are running out of time, Tom. So I just want to say that it's been so great talking with you. I love your products. I love your sensibility. 
And I'm hoping, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what else Davies Decor comes out with for our pets. And I would love to keep in touch with you to see that too. Well, thank you so much, Jody. I really appreciate it. And the pets thing is really just getting started. And so, yes, you'll be hearing more about the new designs all the time. So thank you That's so much. wonderful. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for listening. We love talking pet fashion in all its glorious forms. So tune in next time to discover what's new and unusual. And remember, when fierce fashion calls, bark and swagger. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.